This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Forever. <laughs> Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Frenchies, so every single dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help But Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to us. us. We're back, baby. Hi. You look so pretty. Oh, my God. Wow. That's shocking. Are you wearing... You look like, yeah, you look very radiant. God, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're hot on Zoom. I mean, you're hot in real life and you're hot on Zoom. Girl, you're really buttering me up on a piece of toast, aren't (laughs) you? Hell yeah. All I need is a bag of munch on it. Yeah. How are you? Who are you this week? Um... This week, I guess you could say I was a Charlotte. Okay. Because um, I had been chatting with this extremely handsome, like, model. Oh. I don't think you would think he's handsome at all. He's handsome in, like, a really weird way. Okay. Like, like he's six foot two and 145 pounds. Like, he's extremely thin. No, he's 150 pounds. And he's got, like, really long hair and is like obviously a musician just like Uh (laughs) but but very awkward but handsome I don't know he's like very much my type but I think is he a model professionally yes but okay it's not like he looks like army hammer it's like he looks like I know what you mean do you know what I'm saying yes yes like high fashion like yeah they have a look like a hot alien like a Wes Anderson character he has weird glasses but I thought he was really cute and like I never swipe on guys like that because you know, what do I need with like a 30 year old model? But I was like, what the heck? But the reason that I swiped on him is because he seemed really quirky and interesting and smart. And he had like, like he was very attractive in my opinion, but he had like really interesting, thoughtful things to say. And we had been chatting and he was really kind and thoughtful. And we had had a really nice FaceTime. And then we had a date that we had a really good time on. And then we had a second date on, was it Saturday night or Friday? I don't remember, but it was over the weekend. And we were just going to have like, he doesn't drink and I'm taking sleeping pills. So we didn't drink. We just had like nice beverages and a bunch of great, like wine and I mean, cheese and crackers. And, Mm -hmm. and I like wore a pretty dress and I was happy to see him. And we're like sitting there and Mm. his hair was like in a really long braid. And I was like, Oh, I like your braid. And he's like, Oh, thanks. I mean, I'm not like the best at braiding, 
but I try. Because he has like gorgeous Pokemon. We're all just doing what we can. Yeah. And I said to him like, oh, well, you know, it's like really important to me that like my partner like can braid very well, you know, like as a joke. And he's like, so what are your like requirements or like what are your like relationship philosophies? And I was like, what are my relationship philosophies? I was like, I don't really understand. I don't think I could ever answer that. Yeah. I was like, it's an interesting question. I like good ones. I was like, I hate bad ones. I'm really into good ones. Do unto others. Like (laughs) sharing is caring. I mean, I don't really know the more you know the use more it or you lose know. it yeah. <laughs> the more you know get fit or die trying um. <laughs> think, think different wait get fit or die trying is hilarious um yeah pura vida yeah I, <laughs> shabbat shalom yeah exactly um. all of that so i was just kind of like wait shabbat shalom is my favorite one <laughs> I really just didn't understand the question. He's like, so like, like are you monogamous or more like open or you want kids or you don't want kids. And the second he said that, I was like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, obviously I'm monogamous and I want kids. Like, like I'm a Charlotte bitch, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what are your relationship philosophies? Plural. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah monogamy is like not like the best fit for me. Mm. So basically, um, Yeah, he was like, yeah, monogamy. I think I'm like better in an open thing. And like that was like five minutes into our date. Like we had like a full spread of cheese to still go through. Yeah. And like the second he said that, like, and I had been attracted to him. I thought he was sweet, but like the door was locked. The lights are off. I'm gone. Did you, what do you do? Oh, I just literally said, as of right now, the date is over and we're friends and we can just hang out now and like enjoy this. Oh. Yeah. But like that's an absolute no. Like, zero percent and then we just like chatted but yeah I don't feel like a Charlotte in the sense that I feel like a prude dork but it was definitely like no yeah I'm proud of you for I mean not that you would have like faked it for the rest of the cheese spread but I think that (laughs) it's things I would do for cheese I mean (laughs) I'm like sounds great I I mean I I, yeah I'm I'm proud of you for setting that boundary early because I think it it could have been easy to yeah I did it for the just kind of silently you could have silently just been like nope but instead you were like we're friends right now (laughs) that's what I said and also it's like actually I'm glad you brought up the cheese or somehow the cheese came up because sure. he technically he brought the cheese and I knew oh. that if the date ended he would take it with him oh my god and so and now he he left it he left it good no, no, he left it because I ate it oh I needed to keep hanging out to get to that cheese to get to the cheese yeah yeah yeah. so anyway I kind of was like so that's something you might want to like put on your profile because I literally never would have gone out with you if you said that you were open did he agree yeah he did and he was like oh well on tinder I like put it like ethically non-monogamous but like on um Hinge, there's like nowhere to really put it. I'm like, mm, there's fully a bio section, but nice try. Yeah, slap it in there. I know. And I have got so many judgments in my head about, um, yeah, anyway, I'm absolutely not interested. And that was it. And I'm glad it only took two dates and I had a good time with him. And I'm glad he told me immediately. And yes, so I'm, I'm glad that it didn't go on for longer. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, my gut instinct was correct. He looked like a beautiful model musician, which is exactly what he was. He, that's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just not a husband and that's just not like a serious boyfriend. Yeah, it's not what you're looking for. Nope. And so, you know, nope. just Moving slap on, on the wrist Had to some me. great cheese. Just because someone's handsome, you can't. 
really date them. Um, who were yeah. you this week, more importantly? Um, you know, I think I was also Charlotte to a degree. Um, but no, I... I Wait, can I you say really... one more thing? I'm so sorry oh, to interrupt you. Oh my God, please. I have really very little to say, honestly. Well, the only thing that I kind of, well, wish, because I was very attracted to this guy and it was mutual. And I was like, God, it does... I'm literally picturing a hammerhead shark Do you with see a long blonde wig. I'm going to show you him. Okay. And then obviously there's no way for you guys to know, but through Jamie's description and reaction, maybe you guys will like get a little bit of a sense. But here's the thing, Jamie. I that experience with him made me be like, man, I wish I didn't know myself so well because or that maybe I was a different kind of person. Because like I have friends that can enjoy hanging and hooking up with guys that they know they can't really be with, but I just absolutely can't. Um, so here's let me see. Uh, put it down. Put it down. Oh, wow. Yeah. Those are some locks. Yeah. But he's like kind of stunning. Locks and bagels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, he, he looks hot. Wait, can you put it back? Well, he here, looks he's like a hot version of the girl from the ring. Oh, he looks really feminine. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, in that one black and white picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the he, point he was is, crawling out of my television. There's like a part of me. I've Samira, been so horny in COVID Samara? and. Thank you, Samara. Samara. Thank you, Skylar. I knew you'd come through. I was like, she has a name. She's not just the girl from the ring. Yeah, he looks kind of like a beautiful, gorgeous woman. But yes, there's a part of me that's like, man, I'm so jealous of women who can be like, well, he's hot. I'm single. I'm going to enjoy myself. But you know what? I am. I'm unfortunately on a path of knowing myself and I can't turn back now. Yeah, I think that's a much more efficient way (laughs) to live. I'll just have to take it out of my pillow. Yeah. (laughs) Pillow's taking a beating. If there's anyone that wants COVID to be over, it's my bedroom pillow. (laughs) Oh, dear. But back to you, my gorgeous Jew. So who are you this week? You're a Charlotte. Tell us why. I mean, oh, God, it is so not interesting. But I basically just, like, noticed myself really trying to... Well, I'm still looking at houses. So I feel like Charlotte is, especially this season, everything is, like, making her apartment more, you know, of her nest and all these things. And so, yeah, I just think a lot about my surroundings lately and trying to improve them. So I've been looking at houses. That's, That's a process. I've seen about 15 houses now, and I have agents who are... So nice, not pushy. But after this weekend on Saturday, I saw like seven houses in a row. And at the end, I could feel hours is that. Oh, hours and hours. It was a whole day. Oh, it's exhausting. Yeah, Um, it is exhausting. I was really tired Saturday night. But yeah. So but it was interesting because after they got a little like, so are you going to put an offer on anything? And I was like, oh, I'm not ready. I I saw one that I really liked, but I was like, yeah, it doesn't mean I want to pay what it's worth just yet. I'm still wrapping my head around how expensive houses are in LA and they're like a million, right? Yeah. And, or more, well, more if you right. want just like, like nice yeah. How much is and, a house that you would want? Like 2 million? Oh, like I just don't know about them. Like what's a nice well, house cost? Right now. I mean, it's so gross. Anyone listening who lives outside of LA, what I'm about to say is going to just sound fully psychotic. Just put but your head in the toilet now. Get ready. Really, I mean, it's so gross. And now, okay. I'm, after talking to people in LA, like we're all kind of anyone who's like looking for a home. This is the discussion they're having. Okay. Is Tell that us. well, a fixer upper? It depends on the neighborhood, obviously. Okay. But a fixer upper in like a completely like middle class. Even like middle to lower, yeah, anywhere okay. is a fixer upper is like eight hundred thousand, which is expensive. Means because the, 
it's very expensive. Also, and it also means that like the price. kitchen is like a busted ass to completely old everything. kitchen, backyard full of weeds. Right. It's like, a, a you bunch know, of money and help like it looks, making it better. Yes, it looks like an like an old cemetery in Scotland <laughs> that like, like hasn't been mowed since Yeah, exactly. So eight hundred thousand ghosts included. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> ghosts are extra, actually. Um they're your tenants. You have to pay them to live here. But anyways, so then there's that. And yeah, so then like in the one, 1.2 to 1.5 range is where What's houses that? just look like a normal they house. Look it's good. like, you don't have to not bust fa- everything. Some of them are, some of them, some of them have been completely flipped. All the houses are flipped for the most part. What does flipped some mean? of them have been it means that they took an old, shitty, disgusting, decrepit house mm-hmm. and then put all new everything in and, and made it, it look like a new oh. house. Yeah. So it sounds but, like but it's some worth flips, doing more expensive the flip, The flip is definitely the way to go because then you can move in and everything has been updated. So, but yeah, in L.A., good. a lot of people value like charm, you know, because there's a lot of like really cool, like 1930s, strange. Yeah. yeah, 1920s, 1930s houses. So and then those can be really expensive, too. But then you're like, well, do I want to take on a project? And it's just a really weird it's a really weird experience, um, but I am just kind of enjoying it. But my my I, I did feel like my agents definitely started to be like, so like, are what you are you going to do shopping or what? Well, apparently people look for like a year and I've been told by other people who are looking for houses. You just have to keep you just have to keep being like, I'm not ready. Like you have to keep Stick pushing to your them. Guns. Don't just buy a house because. You oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, you can. It's like it's such an undertaking. You have a mortgage. That's it's a terrifying. Huge, it's one of your big life decisions. It's the it, for me, it's the biggest like financial thing I've ever done. A hundred percent. I mean, it's like horrifying. Yeah. Um, what about when you so, cloned yourself? Um, that's, that actually wasn't that bad because it was harder for the clone. Oh, it was? Yeah. She's, she's growing in a little Petri dish. Oh. Um, I have her on my desk. I know you thought it was a tadpole. It's actually just my clone. <laughs> It'd be um, really funny if you had her a clone, but it was you, nascent but it was stages. just like three feet tall. It was like a small version of you. <laughs> a There's mini, been a, a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Little, little Jay. Um, <laughs> Jamie and so little yeah. Jay. But anyways, I, I haven't settled on a house, but to sort of like zhuzh up my own surroundings, I bought an air conditioning unit for my bedroom. Is that in the um, wall? Because it's in always the window. It's it's in the window. Great. It gets so hot in here every night. I Great. truly have not slept in this house for four do you years. Guys and last night, AC? we do, but it doesn't. For some reason, it doesn't work oh, in good. the bedroom the way I want it to. So we did that, and then I got a regular coffee maker. None of this pods shit that I got for a wedding gift. I'm over it. I just want a straight up $19 <laughs> Mr. Coffee that drips in the morning. That's all I need. Girl, you're an adult. So I finally, I finally took care of some some business on that front. 30. Thank you. Awesome, Hi, adulthood. Girl. Yeah. Well, I'm happy um, to hear that my baby's growing up. I mean, <laughs> it's about Blowing time. Up. <laughs> Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get into this episode, I just want to say I watched it today right before this. Oh, please. I cried my eyes out. And I this, know. This might be like. It's so special. This unlike episode. Jamie, I did not 
watched Sex and City a million times. I didn't see it when it came out. I didn't grow up with cable and all. I didn't have cable in college and whatever. It doesn't matter about cable. The point is, I haven't seen every Sex and the City episode a million times. I've seen every episode once or twice. So I don't have my favorite episodes like burned into my brain. But yeah. as we go through, I would say this has been my favorite episode so far. I could see that. I think it, you, it, it's a very it's easy to make that case for this episode because this episode is so much happens plot wise. And then also it's so sweet. It's like the sweetest. And also it's like a very endearing Charlotte episode. Anyways, um, before we get into it, I'll just say we're covering season four, episode 11. It's called Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Rose, Here take we us go. away. The episode up, up kicks- and away. Right. The episode, right. Okay, Jamie. Right, just yep. up, up, and away. Uh-huh. I had to add that. It was worth it. I didn't mean to interrupt your sizzling catchphrase. <laughs> That'd be really cute. I'm Jamie, and let's go up, up, and away. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I know. It's so, it's so you. It's too dorky. It's too real. Right. So the real. episode kicks off with Carrie in a rush. She's meeting Miranda, who has big, stressful news. She's late, but not like late like Carrie's late. She's late like hasn't gotten her period, didn't use a condom with Steve late. Now she's got to figure out whether or not to tell him she's pregnant. And she doesn't plan on keeping it, so does it even make sense to talk to him about it? Carrie has no idea. Charlotte, meanwhile, is very not pregnant, much to her disappointment. It's me. I probably can't have a baby. Don't say that. It's true. Trey checked out. Fine. It's me. I know it's me. It's not you. Then what is it? I keep hearing all these stories about people getting pregnant just looking at each other. And I do it on my head, on on my side, on my back, on on, on the top, on the bottom, on the top, then the bottom. Now this is brunch talk. Do you know how many times Trey and I have done it without a condom? 73. Mm. Have you any idea how much perfectly fine semen that is? No. Samantha, rough estimate? Enough for me to know in my bones that it's me. And the big joke is, I spent my entire 20s worried that I'd get pregnant. I could have been screwing everything in sight. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. I should have been so lucky to get pregnant by mistake. Okay. What's with the eyes, Miranda? Nothing. You're just sitting there. You, you haven't said a word, and you're making the eyes. It's nothing. You think I'm pathetic or something? It's not about you. What's not about me? I cannot think of a worse time to tell you this. Oh, man. What the F is going on? I'm pregnant. Steve. Mercy fuck. He only has one bowl. It isn't fair. Honey, take a breath here, honey. Have a sip of water. How could you do this to me? To you? Okay, stop. Please, stop. What are you going to do? You're not even going to consider having it? This is not in my plans right now, and I really feel awful talking about this in front of you. Then I'll leave. No. You can just sit here and have your abortion talk. Come on, Charlotte, please sit down. Oh, she didn't mean it. All she can think about right now is babies. She makes me sound so... Don't do that. Okay, it's less than a desirable situation, but it happens. We've all been there. I haven't. I've had two. Carrie, how many of you had? Uh, one. Lots going on. 
I, oh, yeah. I mean, I know this is so not the point of the scene. Please tell me. But, uh, man, when Carrie starts with the Charlotte, honey, have a drink, everything, honey, sweetie, honey, it drives me nuts how they condescend to Charlotte. I know that those are terms of endearment. And like, if your friend is struggling, those words might slip out. I get it. In real life, that might happen. But there's something about the way they do it on this show, especially Carrie. She's always like honeying and sweetieing Charlotte like she's like a child. And I always, I don't, for some reason, I don't find it endearing. I find it condescending. And I'm not sure why, because if it happened in real life, I bet it wouldn't bother me. It's interesting because I'm very like verbally and physically affectionate with my friends and I call my friends baby and babe all the time. But, yeah, babe doesn't bother me the I same way. I don't know sweetie, what it is. In either case, um, yeah, it's a really tough scene because um, if I got pregnant on accident in a situation I didn't want to be in and felt full of stress and anxiety and um, wasn't sure how to handle it, it would be really hard for a friend to say, how could you do this to me? But yes, then I'm also very empathetic to how Charlotte, feels. Charlotte must feel just trying yeah. so no, hard this to seems, get pregnant. This scene is so well done because it really is split down the line. Like I understand Charlotte reacting like that. And I also understand Miranda just kind of like being honest about her situation. Um, because that's hard for her as well. I would say this is a really great case. It was written by Jenny Bix. I think this is a really great case of brilliant storytelling and really good crafting of a story because if Miranda was pregnant and didn't want to keep the baby, that's definitely a totally fine storyline. If yes. if Charlotte couldn't keep getting pregnant, fine storyline. Putting it together is magic. Uh, yes. It's like a great use of plot to like further this character relationship because it's like the perfect example of heightening the stakes and adding drama. And right now we're sort of talking as more of like a writing podcast than a sex and city. But um, I think a lot of our listeners are aspiring television writers. And I mean, we've gotten tons of messages from you guys about this. And even if you're not, you're definitely all passionate about analyzing television. Yeah. And sure. Jamie and I make television for a living. And I, I will just say, I'm very impressed with the way they milked this really fantastic problem because yeah i can't imagine like you know how i would deal with this with a friend it's such a great drama yeah and it's also like this is only a half hour show they achieve so much in one scene i mean i know that this is the scene that sets up the episode but like there's just so much information and they still have the talk about like i thought they did a really good job of like kind of opening up the heir to abortion talk, yeah. which especially at the time, I don't think was um, something people even had the courage to write about because they're yeah. like, oh, no one's going to like us after we write this That's episode. Really and it's point. like it's just so seamlessly woven in. And it's so it's funny, but it's also like <laughs> I love how Samantha's like, I've had two. And Carrie, how many of you had? And then Carrie proudly is like uh, one. Like she said it almost like uh, none. Thank you. But yeah. then she still says one. That's a very like, funny it's very funny. That's a good funny read. That was good on her. Yeah, it's just a really funny reaction. Like, I've only had one. (laughs) I like what you're saying a lot. It's very open and liberating the way they talk about it. Yeah, that's a great, great point because it's so hard in TV. Like, you never want to be, or in film, like, you don't want to make, like, message content. You don't want to make content unless you're actually, like, trying to, like, 13th or something. Yes, 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 of course. But if you're just trying to be entertaining, it's really, like, a turnoff to have 
things be preachy and yes, or heavy handed. Yeah. And I, I like what you're saying because it is political by making no big deal about it. Like this is not a talk about is abortion okay or what they think. It's just, Oh God, how many have you had? And, and the casualness with which they have it and the what's missing, which is the judgment is what makes it so revolutionary that absolutely and it, i i think, I think it's you're interesting. really right about that well because also tv at that time and i'm going to make a sweeping generalization that i actually don't have the backing for but i'm going to go ahead and make it go for i it. don't think tv was messagey back then as much now know. it is now i feel like everyone is trying to like feels the be need woke to or be this or be that yeah or like comment like i've now been in several writers rooms where and i'm, I'm not making a judgment either way but like there's always the pitch of like we should have a me too storyline this season like right. i hear it a lot or like there's just there's a need to talk about what's going on and i think there's a way to do it as long as people and don't there even is, realize absolutely. as long as it's still following all the most important things of story which is like entertainment and good you know, right. But now I feel like you get a pat on the back for being heavy handed. And you're just like, oh, that took courage to like make that episode where X, Y and Z happens. Well, to be honest, I think you do deserve a pat on the back if you do it well, because this if you do it well, absolutely this relates to my horny for when we get to it at the end of the episode. But I think making something messagey, it's making so something hard. fabulous that that's messagey. a message. Absolutely. Like, I think it's very hard to do. And I think that this is low-key doing that. Oh, 100%. And I, yeah, no, 100%. And also, it it also is interesting because you don't, like, when I think of this episode, I don't go, oh, this is the abortion episode. I go, oh, this is an episode where, like, women are dealing with different stages of their life and different wants and different needs. And it's really more of a story of friendship. Um more than anything between Charlotte and Miranda and like having each other's backs and trying to understand each other. Like, it's so interesting how, you know, there are other larger themes at play, but like the abortion theme isn't what defines this episode. But I think if this episode were be, to be made today, you I think almost it would be more think heavy-handed? you would feel the need to make it more heavy handed. Hmm. I do. I, I, I do. Maybe. I think just with everything going on politically, I just... Maybe they wouldn't, but I, I could see it happening. I think a show like this wouldn't. To your point earlier, Jamie, about uh, the way that abortions kind of tackled here, I there, I agree with you that um, shows of that era weren't really messagey uh, in the way that we that so much contemporary TV is messagey. But the thing that they would do so typically was: Do you remember that whole term, like very special episodes? Yeah, barely. Yeah. Where like you're so right, yeah. Where like uh, like Punky Brewster has like one of the most famous yep. ones where it's like the kid getting what trapped. Was it? Uh, in the in the the like iconic very special episode of Punky Brewster, a kid gets trapped in a refrigerator, and the whole what? episode. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, what? But the, is that the, supposed that to be serious? Was it a yeah, dramatic episode? Yeah, because the whole episode is about like that was a problem at a certain point, and they needed kids to... were getting trapped in fridges. Wait, what? Yes, Sky, the, like, are you from? Where did Earth? they get? How did they do that? This to themselves would, this like older <laughs> i didn't mean to totally derail us but like older older refrigerators would have a locking mechanism so like if they were discarded kids would it was a whole problem oh, like, how in, like horrible. the 70s yeah and kids would oh crawl into them God. and then they and would die lock and pass away yeah so there's a famous episode of punky brewster that is all about like don't if you're a kid, don't go exploring. She got trapped? A kid in the episode, I think, gets trapped in a, in a refrigerator. And it's like, the whole episode is like, 
oh kids stay away from refrigerators. But like that would be really god. weird to have one oh of those for god. Sex in the City about a kid in a fridge. But I just mean to say, like that's how like messages that's how they would get it. treated, and th- I think that this is such a more subtle version of that. Whereas I also agree yeah, that so- now we do like we gotta be more headliney, more like ripped from the headline. Well, type stuff all honestly, the time. now that we're talking about it, I also don't think that they were. This is my theory that I just came up with in this moment. I also don't think the writers were like, let's cover abortion. I want to talk about abortion. I think they were like, let's look at our characters. Okay, what's the, we, we have Charlotte that really wants this thing. What could we do that would complicate that? Yeah. What if she got pregnant? Sure. So I think the reason that it doesn't feel messagey is it wasn't their intention to be messagey. They're no, j- it's a little off story. And they're it's just, a soft story to be messagey. Yeah, and it's just like, it just was, it just, it worked for the plot and the characters for this to happen. And the reason that it's cool and hip is that they're not shoving any dogma down your throat. It's just, yeah. this is a show that's modern and it's a liberal show. Like, 100%. And, and they don't have yeah. to explain their liberalness or show another side. They're like, we're women in the city. And if they ever do show a bit of a conservative point, it is Charlotte's, but... Yes, yeah. usually. But I like that they don't have to explain it, and it's no, just I really, not and I part appreciated of it. That, I, I appreciate that it was just sort of tacked on at the end of the scene. Yeah. It, it almost wasn't the point of the scene. I just, I think it, it, it yeah, the show's so smart. It, when you really start to to analyze it and break it down, you're like, this is why this show is so great. It's because of stuff like this. It's because these women are so empowered and in charge of their own lives that you can tack on a conversation like that at the end of a much larger discussion. And it doesn't become the whole episode. Like there's just the subtlety is just so beautiful. It's I can't think of a romantic comedy television show that is better. Oh, absolutely not. Well, I think a ro- a romantic comedy series yes. is not, first of all, there aren't that many. No. You feel like there are, but there actually aren't. Yes, that's true. They might have like pops of romance, like in Girls or something like that, but ro- Girls is not a romantic comedy. Oh, I would comedy. call it a romantic comedy. I think it is, but it's the modern version. Yeah. I feel like this is literally like trope, like uh, tropes with a modern twist. It and, feels like a long rom-com. Yes, and there's I a think, will they won't they. There's all these triangles. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's I mean, like very classic. I actually think the girls has all of that stuff too. The only difference is I think I think Sex and the City is much more of a hard comedy, yes. and comedy is really central to it. Whereas I think Girls, which girls is, is like romantic dramedy, kind of. And Girls is one of my favorite shows of all time. I like love it's girls. in my top five. I think it's absolutely genius. But yeah, I do think not to compare what's better. They're both phenomenal. But I think as you're saying, it's all these layers and all this great stuff that makes this show just, you know, te- you know. What is it? Span the test of time? Yeah. Last the test stand, of time? Stand, stand, stand the test of time. Span. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stand. Yeah, it span. It all, that worked too. It stands. It spans. It spams. The only other show I can think of, and it is actually uh, Michael Patrick King. Did he do Younger? Love Younger. No, no, no. Darren Starr did Younger, but Younger has a similar rom-com heavy on the calm yeah. pacing, I, I would say. It's the closest thing I think I've seen to Sex and the City, sort of in in its, yeah, in its pacing in the, I mean, that's also Patricia Fields as well, like in the yeah, costuming and everything. And yes, yeah, yes. Fantasy. It's very like poppy and poppy and choppy. I exactly. also think it's a little bit of that distinction between like 
the Nora Ephron, Nancy Myers school of rom-com and then like the Apatow school of rom-com where you have a hundred. That's such a good point. That is a hundred percent. I love them both, but I love the Nancy Myers version more. A hundred percent. Me too. I, I mean, she's amazing. It's she so rules. it's just so good. OK, let's jump in, girl. Back at her place, Carrie and Aiden prep to go out, but she can't even decide on an outfit. Steve and Miranda are all she can think about. She has to tell Aiden. She swears him to secrecy, but he's still pissed. Steve is his friend. Friend and Miranda deciding to not have their baby without telling Steve does not sit right with Aiden. He ends up asking Carrie if she's ever had an abortion and Carrie lies. Shocker. She says, no, I have not, even though she has. I like that you say shocker. Also, before I move on to the next little scene, um, this is a really funny scene because Carrie is wearing a beige bra, a beige skirt, and she literally looks like a beige blur. It yes. was just such a weird beige vision. She was a vision in beige. I mean, not to objectify her, but this probably is, you know, we see Carrie in a lot of different bras, um, every kind of bra from underwire to not lace of all different colors. Um, and this is the first one where I can say you can just straight up see her nipples. And this she is no nudity on the show. I think she's the only character mm. that doesn't. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, oh, those are just those are her nipples. You can just see them. Yeah, it's just so funny. It was just such a funny like. You know, everything, all the fashion is so deliberate. And I just thought it was funny that the art director, Warjo or Patricia Fields or whoever was like, we need a moment where she's head to toe beige. And yeah. it was just kind of an interesting choice. It, it does feel like a choice. It feels like, you know, she's at her most vulnerable. Oh, you're right. You know, she's that's naked. Good, she's raw. Oh, my God. That's a per, I, that, I bet you that's what the wardrobe That is people. probably the conversation. Ooh, good analysis. Okay, thank you. Oh, I do feel proud. That was wonderful. You've, you've <sighs> had two huge insights Guys, so far today is all about the breakthrough if anyone's ca- counting jamie's had two two to zero okay, thank you i i contributed to my ice you coffee did your which job is now. You can just definitely hitting right as we do this yeah um so then carrie and samantha head out to inspect some birkin bags oh also in this scene carrie has like this hilarious bandana that's like spiking upwards yeah which i didn't like <laughs> I think she has some of the worst outfits in this episode. Yeah, the upspike bandana was horrible, but this like really cute pink dress was great. Um, no, that was cute. But then the thing she wears into the apartment where she has her hair and a high pony to the side with a scrunchie and like a almost like a Catholic schoolgirl. Oh, skirt it was totally cheap with like looking. knee socks. I hated it. And then like Mary Jane's with a straight. It was just so confusing. I was like, what no, was- era is this? I don't even know what to do with it. It's like hurting my brain, this outfit. I did not anyway. like it. Okay, um, go on. So basically, Carrie mentions to Samantha that she lied to Aiden about having an abortion. But Samantha totally backs her up. You know, she says that Carrie did what was right for her at the time. And she can tell Aiden or not tell him. It's her choice. Later on, Samantha heads to lunch to win over a new client, Lucy Liu. They bond over being real New Yorkers and hating bullshit PR spin. Sam tells Lucy that her last Golden Globes dress was a complete disaster and leaves a big tip at the restaurant. And Lucy used to be a waitress, so she's very impressed by Samantha. And they seem to be a perfect PR fit. Samantha heads back to Hermes to buy that goddamn Birkin. The salesman breaks the new bag spell when he shows it to her. Oh, Eureka. The salesman crushes her dreams when he reveals that there's a five-year wait to get a bag. Sam tries to drop Lucy Lou's name and say that it's actually a bag for Lucy Lou, and he suddenly reconsiders. He puts Sam in touch with the Hermes PR person. 
and Charlotte schedules a fertility consultation while Miranda schedules an abortion consultation. Later on the street, Samantha passes a woman with the very same Birkin she wants. She calls Hermes and chews them out. Lucy, uh, Sam is going to get that bag. That phone call was so hilarious. She's like, a frump in a sweatsuit has the bag. Yeah. (laughs) I was actually kind of surprised that Samantha still wanted it after that scene. I know. I know. She's like a nobody in a (laughs) tracksuit. My God, it was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. And Carrie heads to Aiden's where she finds Steve. Her hair looks incredible in this one. Um, She's got it. She's got these insane extensions and they're crimped. Yes. He immediately, I, I just saw this up. Like right before, that's why her hair and all her outfits are burned in. Oh brain. yeah, he, no, this is the outfit that I can't stand. No, the outfit is, I liked. Outfit is horrible, but the the outfit is horrible. Hair, but her hair, hair, her hair is very long in this episode. It's like yeah. a, it's like a horse tail. It's all yes. fake and it looks great. It's like Rachel Green season eight. Of yeah, friends. Carrie really introduced white girls to the concept of extensions. I would say. Mm. Yeah, it's something. That I think our, you're right about that. Yeah, ladies of color had known for a while, but we were like, do tell. Steve immediately starts asking Carrie about Miranda and Carrie is suspicious. Did Aiden tell him about the pregnancy? Aiden swears he didn't, but he still thinks the guy deserves to know. Carrie and Miranda have some pizza and more abortion talk. Miranda's doctor does not perform them, so she had to get on a wait list. Carrie asks her if she's considered telling Steve. Miranda has not. She is not having the kid. And that is that. Trey and Charlotte head to their fertility appointment. It doesn't go great. Charlotte's body is attacking Trey's sperm, and the doctor puts their chances of conceiving around 15%. Heartbroken, she begins to walk home when she spots Miranda. Charlotte? Charlotte? Oh, hi! Oh, hi? Are you kidding me? What do you mean? You saw me, turned, and walked the other way. I didn't see you. I, I just changed direction. I'm allowed to change direction. First you don't return my calls, and then you pretend not to see me on the street? I just, I really can't see you right now. Well, you have to see me because I'm standing right here. I'm sorry about this whole thing, but it's not a personal attack on you. It was a mistake. Miranda, I really don't want to talk about this. This is hard for me, too, you know? And it doesn't make it any easier worrying that you hate me because you think you can't get pregnant. I can't get pregnant. If I can, you can. No, I can't. I just came from the doctor. Here. My body is attacking Trey's sperm. 15% chance. 15% chance of ever having a baby. Is it okay if I go now? Sure. You want me to walk with you? No. I just want to be alone. Okay? Okay. But um, I'm just going to walk a little way behind you in case you change your mind and want to talk. No, I'm okay. Charlotte walked all the way home, and even though she never turned back, she knew Miranda was behind her. That is such a beautiful, Mm. emotional, loving Mm. scene. Miranda, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Miranda is such a good friend. It was so sweet. It was so heartbreaking. I mean, I don't remember if I cried in this scene or not, but, you know, I don't know, I, I... it's emotional for me because it's like when I froze my eggs, I got so few eggs and man, I, you know, it's like everyone has, I can relate to Charlotte because before I froze my eggs and maybe before I even 
knew about the concept of freezing my eggs, I never even thought that it could possibly be hard to have a baby. I thought, oh, if you want a baby, you just have one. You know, I, yeah. I've only learned growing up as I got older that there are problems. And it was only as I got to a place where I decided that I wanted to have a baby. And, and it's, it's hard because, you know, thank God for shows like this and open conversation, but we're not presented with a lot, at least not up until maybe the show came out of media that showed women having a hard time. So when you have an assumption that it's easy and then there's a problem with you, it's really traumatic because on top of the pain of not being able to have a kid or not easily, there's a second pain of shame. Mm -hmm. I know, um, somebody very close to me, uh, had a miscarriage before she had her first baby and it was so devastating to her. And then finally, when she started, she didn't tell people. And finally, when she started opening up, she found out that almost all of her friends who had kids had a miscarriage before they had kids. Yeah. And it's like, God damn, if somebody had told her, if she had seen it on TV, not that it would be any less devastating. I'm sure it's devastating regardless, but at least we could take off the shame of feeling like there's something wrong with us because there's a lot of pain in this scene. And a lot of it is not only Charlotte's dream being crushed, but I'm sure there's a sense of like, she keeps saying it, like there's something wrong with me, which is so sad to feel on top of already being so sad about the pregnancy issues. Right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is like a weird thing to say, but there is a piece of me that's like, it's, it's, it's a testament to how close these friends are. But that Charlotte, even though I obviously she's, you know, has every right to be upset and I it all makes sense and it's all grounded in the story. I think if I were going through that and I, I still think I would have a heart. I think my way of coping if I ran into Miranda and I was in Charlotte's position would just be to be like, OK, yeah, like good to see you. Like I'd just be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And it's just like really freeing to watch a character just be like, I can't see you right now. Like it's just, yeah, it's just nice to hear someone just be like, not people pleasing. Like I need space from you. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's, I wonder if it's realistic or if it's, or if it's a little TV or if it's to each his own. I I actually don't know, which is probably why this scene is so great. Cause it just feels, it feels as real. If yeah, it feels as real as it does. It, it, It feels real period. But also it, for me, I'm like, oh, I would, I could never like get mad at someone for their choice. Even if I felt it, I just know myself. I wouldn't like let that out. Maybe later I would, but I don't think that I would have like shamed Miranda necessarily. Not necessarily fertility or things like that, but have you ever been in Charlotte's position with someone close where they had something that you wanted and it was almost too hard for you to even hear it? Yes. And my way of dealing. What was that, that if was, you want to right, share it? Um, I don't think I want to share the exact incident, but I will say that I, I definitely go into just take the distance mode Mm -hmm. without even saying I need the distance. Mm -hmm. And then that's not necessarily right. Did it hurt that person's feelings? I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't think they actually noticed. I noticed myself pulling back. Okay. Well then that sounds like a healthy way to deal with it. Maybe. I mean, I think if it was demonstrable and the person felt sad and felt like, where did Jamie go? Then it wouldn't be good, but it doesn't sound like that's what happened. No, that wasn't it. But I did feel myself just kind of like quietly pull back. Yeah. You know, it was in a a work situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this comes up all the time in work and love. And I remember when my sister 
got engaged or maybe you got married mm-hmm. and 98% of me was like so relieved and happy that my favorite person like found a person. Sure. And then there was a couple of senses I had. I had the sense of like, I'm like the loser sister. I had sense mm-hmm. of like, everyone is mo- not everyone, but like life is moving on without me. Yes. Yes. I know that feeling. So I've definitely been there, but I think in that case, the overwhelming feeling was happiness and joy. So it was easy for me to be happy for her because I was. And then I just privately dealt with those feelings. But it's mm-hmm. not a one to one with this because it's not like I was like, it's not like my fiance broke up with me and then she told me that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But of I can course. relate to the feeling of like, this is hard for me to listen to right now. Yes. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Samantha has another lunch with Lucy Liu. Lucy shows up with quite the statement bag. It is the Birkin, Samantha's Birkin. Sam explains that she used Lucy's name to get the bag and she should rightfully have it. Lucy is pissed and that is that. Sam is fired and she also does not get her Birkin. Lucy storms off with the bag that Samantha paid $4,000 oh, yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of things in the scene. Number one, I love Lucy Liu's outfit. It's like really cute and adorable. Yes. Um, and number two, this was a really interesting scene because Samantha is generally like so good at her job. And in the scene in the store where she said it's for Lucy Liu, I was like, wow, that's such a terrible idea that could so easily bite you in the ass. I'm actually a little surprised because Samantha's messy in her personal life, but I thought she really had it on lock in her professional life. And that just seemed like Same. from outer space that you would never do that. I actually think. I hate to say it because it's a, not a real, these people aren't real. It's not a documentary, but I don't think the character known as Sam would actually do that. No, I, I would agree with that. Um, she's very established. She's very experienced. She knows her shit. I almost yeah. think, I almost think if she like were that invested in doing it, she would, she would be smart and like have a buffer, like have her assistant go do it. Like someone exactly. who like, something. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I just didn't feel real to me. Cause it's yeah, so I'm just like professional. No, I mean, anyone could, nobody, if you had, if you were trying to build your business and you had a potential to rep a celebrity, I mean, it's like 101 baby PR person to like use their name to get into things and get stuff. Totally. You just wouldn't do it. Totally. No. So meanwhile, Carrie heads down to find the guy who got her pregnant a decade ago. He's still waiting tables, which is like, okay. Um, (laughs) And she tries to jog his memory and see if she made a mistake by not telling him that she had an abortion. She didn't. He barely remembers her. And frankly, she's relieved. Also, she looked really great. And I, I think my favorite hair so far is this like giant extensions in a ponytail. It's, it's pre Ariana Grande. Ariana probably watched. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So Miranda and Carrie head to Miranda's abortion appointment. They have a tough talk about plans and whether or not keeping the baby is the right decision. Neither of them are sure if it's the right decision. And Miranda heads in to the clinic with Carrie in the waiting room. But she does not go through with it. She tells Samantha and Charlotte later. And Charlotte is overjoyed. At least one baby is entering the core four's world. And I have to say that's probably... The best scene I've, I mean, that's, that's one of the, that is, yeah, maybe the best scene of the whole series. I, I mean, when Charlotte goes, we're having a baby. I mean, I like tear up just thinking about her saying that it is so emotional. It is so emotional. And the older you get, and then when you, if you actually are an aunt, it's, 
I mean, everything you say, Jamie, times 10, it's like, and then we're having, when she says we're oh having a baby, I, I mean, I have chills talking about it. It's so, it's so intense. And then, um, and then, uh, Carrie goes, and just like that, four ants were born. I, I was mean, just kind of like heaven. Yeah. I mean, no, that was heaven. That, that baby, whole, that whole scene was heaven. It's beautiful. So then yeah. Carrie rushes to meet Aiden for dinner, but she's late. When she gets there, the place has already given their table away and they'll have to wait. They decide to kill some time outside. I lied to you. I did have an abortion. The condom broke. Okay, that's another lie. I did, uh, there was no condom. What's with all the lying? I'm afraid you're going to judge me for being 18 and sleeping with a guy without a condom and getting pregnant and never telling him. There, that's the whole truth. Except that I was 20. Two. 22. I should have known better. Is your name really Carrie? Yes. So are you, are you judging me? Hey, I was no angel. What, did you ever get a girl pregnant? No. Not that I know of. God damn, it must be nice to be a guy sometimes. So am I still your girl? Oh yeah. Ready? Be right there. Oh, and another thing. Miranda's keeping the baby. Don't tell Steve. It's not our business. Okay, this episode is such a fucking cock tease, vagina tease. Actually, it's much more of a vagina tease because I am so desperate to see the scene of Miranda telling Steve they're having a baby. Oh my God, you're right. And the fact that it ended before that, I mean, it was like the most blue ovaries I've ever I had. I totally agree. Also, I, I I don't know why I harp on like the smallest little things, but when he says, is Carrie your real name? And she sincerely goes, yes. <laughs> I thought that was the weirdest <laughs> acting choice. Oh my God, that makes me laugh so hard. It bums me out every time. I was like, why? She should be like, uh-huh. yes. Or she'd be like, ha ha. Wait, you're like, so she right. She should be like, like dead, yes. serious yes. Yeah, is Carrie your real name? Yes. <laughs> what? That's the, that's the take they used? Okay, if we're going to harp on small things, it just occurred to me now. I have another one. Okay. I have another one. Well, just off of what you just said. Mm-hmm. Is Carrie C A R R E a real name? Because I know Carrie K E R R Y C A R R I E. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, is because Carrie is a nickname for Karen and like mm. Catherine, but like, is Carrie a full name before the show? Or I think so. Okay, that's it. I actually, I think I've so. never met a Carrie with a C. God, I don't think I have either. I feel like they There's made it Carolyn. up. Carolyn. There's Carolyn. I think Carrie, There's Carrie Russell, K E R R I. Yeah, I think Carrie, C A R R E I E. I don't know if that, I mean, Carrie. I can't think of a famous Carrie who's a writer, actor, athlete, anything with that spelling. I kind of wonder if the Holy show kind of like made it up. Carrie. Oh my God. That's so, I don't know why. It's like, I don't know why. I've, yeah, you're right. What I'm was your second of, small thing that you noticed? Okay, my other second small Carrie thing Underwood. is when she says, 
What was it? Uh-huh. Oh, Carrie Underwood. That's right. And Carrie Fisher. Oh, I thought you just and said Carrie Fisher. I thought Skylar, you just said carry on. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to. No, no. That's yeah, not... I knew there was. So, I knew there were people. I just couldn't think of them. Yeah, Carrie Fisher. It's right. definitely a name. Okay. So my 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 other acting pet peeve is when okay, so Aiden. Oh no, so she goes. And by the way, we can't tell Steve. It's not our business. And Aiden just kind of smiles, and I'm like. The f- she just told you that after all of that, all of that back and forth about how it's not right, you should tell Steve, you should tell Steve. Carrie is now telling him she's keeping the baby and he has no reaction. I actually I think, just, honestly, that's a writing note because he could, because she's saying something funny that goes, and it's none of our business. And he goes, cool, which is why we're talking about it right now. And you just told me like, but, but he has no reaction to like, even a, oh my God, like right. no, nothing. Yeah, his best the friend is about to have a baby. Yeah. His best friend's having a baby. Yeah, yeah. And he thought he was going to abort that. Yeah. We thought the baby was aborted. Yeah, yeah. It was just like. I thought it was so strange. It was just too strange. I'm like, who do I don't know? Yeah. It just was strange. Strange scenes. This must have been like a really late night scene You're or something. Exhausted. And people just wanted Carrie to like get the fuck out of there. Yeah. This was filmed at like four in the morning, I bet. That's probably true. What do you think, Sky? Yeah. I was just going to say, but just in defense of that line, it is tossed off like as they are going into the reservation. I know. But I, I know. I, so they I probably totally... also were like, our episode's over time. We got to cut something. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure they're like, the re- you would reverse like being in the restaurant to aid and reacting if you were to have a single additional scene. No, you're it's right. The, it's kind of the blow. It's it was just a throwaway of he's keeping it. I just wanted it to. I just wanted him to like do something, even if he just like just pump his fist, like pumped his yeah. fist in the air, like something. Just, just like not just a weird like little smile, like a, like, mm-hmm. like a breakfast club, like like freeze frame and he pops his fist he's <laughs> that's what i want i'm sorry it's a big deal well, steve's having a baby would you, i have to say and this is just like a point of conversation um can you relate to her lying about this and then telling the truth is it something that you think you would have a hard time telling someone i don't think so now but definitely at some point in my life yes but I think now if I, I haven't had an abortion, but if I had, I think I would tell the guy I was dating yeah. if it came up. I don't think I would. I don't think I would lie about how it happened or anything. Yeah. 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 What about you? I think this is one of those things that's just like so influenced by the way I was raised because my mom is such my I was raised by like a very liberal Jewish single mother. And she like casually referred to her abortions and my grandma's abortions. So in the household yeah. I grew up in. No, I, I mean, I, there's like a shame piece missing in terms of I grew up without shame around it. So I don't have shame with it. So no, for me, it wouldn't be hard to say. I have empathy for people that feel that it would be hard, but yes, I don't, I would have a hard time probably talking to my mom about it. I think she would be, oh, that's interesting. I think she would be really devastated because, um, she had a really hard time getting pregnant with me. So I think that, yeah, I have a feeling it would be, it like, would be like more sensitive for her. Almost. Exactly. My mom is definitely Charlotte. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say about this um, is that I thought it was a really interesting conversation that her and Aiden had in the beginning and like the first scene when she starts telling him that Miranda is having an abortion. And he was like, I think Steve should know, um, you know, it's his baby too or something. I actually disagree with that. It's nobody's baby, but the woman's and like, yeah, that's how I feel. um, Yes. I do think 
it's the kind, responsible, mature thing of to course, do. Of course, of course. It, it's ideal. It is. And I think if you have a friendship and a, and a caring relationship with that man, it would be the best thing for the relationship. But it is not mutually 50 50, the both of your babies. It is in your body. It wrecks your body. You're getting pregnant. It takes you out of jobs. I mean, I really don't think it's a half and half thing. So I just have to say that I think it's the respectful, nice thing to do. But I don't think it's half and half. Both people have a say. I think they also they did a pretty good job weighing those viewpoints. I mean, they didn't really get into the reasoning behind why it's it's more of the woman's decision. But I was happy that Miranda was on the side of fuck. No, I'm not telling him. Yeah, There's nothing to I do mean, with him. It was nice. Yeah, I think in this situation, it is right to tell him because they have a friendship and they're close. Yes, exactly. But yeah, of course, some random dude that would make a terrible father. No, no. Okay, so this brings us to the question of the episode. So many roads, so many detours, so many choices, so many mistakes. As we drive along this road called life, occasionally a gal will find herself a little lost. And when that happens, I guess she has to let go of the coulda, shoulda, woulda, buckle up and just keep going. As we speed along this endless road to the destination called who we hope to be, I can't help but whine. Are we there yet? It's an interesting um, thought because I think that they did a, another like kind of writing point. I think this episode did an amazing job of theme. Shoulda, coulda, woulda was the title of the episode. Sam- Samantha said that at least two times. And there was a mm-hmm. lot of discussion about judgment that actually was relevant to all four of the characters' storylines. So I just want to say a side note. This was an incredibly skilled Oh, I mean, crafting a theme tapestry of stories. Yes. And I see that theme in this question. She's talking about we're going through our lives. We're making mistakes. You know, we're doing things we didn't think we would do. Um, But I think the question I don't know if I fully get. Are we there yet? I guess. Do you think the question is we keep trying to become better people and who we really want to be? Are we that person now? It's kind of a weird question because she is she asking if she's. Who she wants to be? I don't really quite get it. Do you? It's it's a little murky. No, it's a little murky. Yeah, I also almost don't really know how to answer. No, it. I I know that's how I feel too. I was kind of like. I mean, I guess yeah. in the spirit of the theme. Okay, I, I think I'm going to be like a politician and take what I think and make it work for the question. Sure. I think the show is dealing with this theme of regrets and mistakes and things we've done in our past and how we reconcile it with our present selves. And I think what I would say is we're always growing and changing and who we were last year, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, in so so many ways that person can be like unrecognizable. And I don't think we ever arrive to our true selves. I think there's just the self I was at 29, the self I was at 30. I, I feel the same way. So I don't think we're ever there is what I think. No, I think you just keep sort of evolving and getting better. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Okay, James. Okay, final segment. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right Okay, now? Jamie, I'm really sorry. I'm breaking all kinds of rules, but I'm going to do three, but I'll make them quick. Ah! Okay. I'm going to do a personal one, okay. which is I'm horny for my support system Aww. because um, my back pain, which is definitely on the road to getting better, uh, have really has taken me out. And 
I've had uh, friends drive me to doctor's appointments. A friend drove me to a doctor today. A friend drove me to their house to hang out yesterday so I could hang out by the pool. And I have to say, as a single woman, as a woman who lives alone, as somebody dealing with chronic pain, I just don't feel alone at all. Oh, and that's so good. So I feel really horny for my support system. My mom came over to my house at midnight to bring me pain pills. So wow. I just feel really loved and supported. So horny for all of that. And uh horny okay, for myself great. for cultivating relationships where people are willing and happy to help. Um yes. second horny for is more of the traditional horny for. I have no idea why it got a single bad review, but I binged the fuck out of the morning show on Apple TV. Mm. It is mm. outstanding. It is one of the best mm. shows of whatever year it came out, whether it was last year or this year. Um, talk about, I think it is a master class in a show that is riveting and entertaining and juicy, but very much has a political point of view, which is fascinating and riveting, but by no means, um, suffers at all like in terms of the drama and excitement of it uh jennifer mm-hmm. aniston who i'm not a huge fan Ugh, of friends she's incredible yeah in that show. uh she's a fucking powerhouse so that yeah. is my second more traditional horny four and the third one it's not that it's not traditional but as i'm uh you know trying to liberate myself from the shackles of white supremacy i've been doing my reading and i just want to say there's a bunch of books that i bought years ago that i never read because sometimes if i think something's gonna be really fucking depressing i avoid it and things are depressing enough in this world that I'm just like, don't need more. But I, yeah. I kind of like, you know, in COVID, it's such a funny time because you have literally so much time alone and so much time to kill. And th- there's like actually times where I'm like, I'm bored of watching TV, which is like shocking. And then I have to like make myself turn to a book. So I had this book on my nightstand for ages. It's Ta-Nehisi Coates Between the World and Me. And I was always like afraid to read it because I thought it would like depress the fuck out of me. And for sure, there's some like really heavy, interesting stuff in there. But I didn't feel depressed reading it at all. I felt excited and inspired and enlightened. His sentences are incredible. He's an incredible writer. Mm. And it's not all doom and gloom. He's got plenty of really positive things. He talks about falling in love with his wife and going to Howard University. And for the first time, seeing like all these different black people with different styles and passions and like this whole exciting world of like incredible black youth and culture. And there's a lot of joy in it, too. So Um, and then I learned a lot and anytime I feel like I'm learning a lot is the same way I felt when I'm watching 13th. I get excited because it's so exciting to learn and feel that you're actually growing. Yes. And so it's a great feeling. I would say, uh, for anyone who has the book, uh, or just needs something to read, um, it's a really great way to like learn about the current moment and learn more about black culture and history without it feeling like, Oh, I have to do this thing to teach myself. It's like absolutely entertaining and, and very beautifully written. So those are my three. Oh, I love that. I only have one. No, that's traditional and that's correct. Jamie, what are no, you horny for this week? It's not, it's, I, I want, now I'm like, Oh, I wish I had more. Um, I, I liked, uh, love life on HBO <laughs> Max oh, with Anna it. Kendrick. Yeah. I think it's really well done. It's really well directed. It's like so tonally beautiful. Um, and I ate it up very quickly. Can't wait and, to watch it. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it. It is sort of a, it's a romantic comedy, I would say. The it has a Sex like in the City vibe for for sure. And I, I'm i a really big Anna Kendrick fan. I think she's so funny. And yeah, I just really enjoy her. Everything she's in, like I loved her in, 
um, that Paul Feig movie. Which one? With Blake Lively. Oh, I need a simple to watch that. I've never seen it. She's so fucking funny in it. And yeah, I just, I'm just a big fan. So yeah, well, two, highly recommend a lo- Love Life on uh, HBO Max. I can't wait to see it, James. Uh, an ex of That's mine great. is like a producer on that show and it looks great. Oh. And yeah. Both of us had Horny Fours that included Apple Plus. So get your Apple Plus, guys. Oh, my God. You're right. And I my show's coming out. Not my show, but the show I write for is coming out on Apple's. Well, we'll um, in August, I believe. Yes. Yes. We'll shout it out when it comes out. Gal, I'm so happy to see you and talk to you. Um, I know. I'm so happy to see you. I'm glad you're feeling I am, better. I really am. Oh, that makes me so happy. That's great. Okay. I love you. Okay. Love you. Bye, Bye guys. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. <laughs> This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew, ew, ew.